0: back with a live studio audience as well brady Galbraith, ben boone and let's hear from the studio audience Woo. brady hall uh brady hallmeyer i'm the one talking right now brady galberth to my right ben boone sitting right in front of me and zach briel we'll hear a little bit or zach Shefter, maybe i should say in case there's a voice search going on for uh his next job we won't put his name in the title but uh, Zach Briel I guess is going to be in there. Welcome to the show. We're back for another season of football and today an unfortunate day, an unfortunate season opener for the Minnesota Vikings. They lose at home as 4 point favorites to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a loss 20 to 17. It was tied at halftime. I still felt pretty confident through out the third quarter and then into the fourth it, it got a little dicey the offensive line looked pretty horrendous today there was some injuries along the O-line the defense maybe improved from last year BG but really nothing special uh, out of the defense as well they held the Buccaneers to 20 points but the offense which was averaging I think close to 30 points a game by the end of last season or, or something close to that at least um, only putting up 17 today kind of a lackluster performance Kirk Cousins not a great day from him. He was 33 of 44, 344 passing yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and a couple of fumbles on the day. The Vikings ultimately coughed up the ball three times today. The turnover difference, three to nothing in favor of the Buccaneers. And you're not going to win a lot of football games doing that, especially at home. BG, a very disappointing day for the Vikings to start the season.
1: Yeah, really disappointing. It is good to be back. Um, Obviously, we took a little break there, a little hiatus. Um, Don't talk much about baseball when it's only baseball season and not football or basketball or anything else going on for us. But glad to be back. But yeah, not in these circumstances, obviously. A a tough game today, really a sloppy game, I thought, all around. Um, Like you had said, three turnovers in the first half, yet still tied um, at the end of the first half. Like you were saying, I thought we had a chance to win it really right up until that end there, um, that last drive where they converted on. I think it was that third and 10. Um, I thought we were going to get a stop there and pull something out of our hat like we did pretty much every single game last season um, with all those one-score games that we won. And you could see, you know, it's it's only one game, but you can maybe see the tide turning that, you know, we ran out of luck with these close games. If we want to win games, we have to finish it from the start uh, to the end. So... It was really disappointing the second time Mayfield has come in here in a couple of years with a lesser squad into U.S. Bank Stadium and beaten the Vikings, obviously, uh, with Sunday's game in the Bucs and a couple of years ago now, I think, with the Browns. Um, yeah. We lit up 20 points, which is pretty dang good uh, for the Vikings standards if you look at our defense last year. But, you know, this is a this is a team that we definitely should have beat, and it's disappointing because it's not like the Buccaneers outplayed us today. Um, the Vikings shot themselves in the foot multiple times and ended up losing this game instead of the buccaneers winning it.
0: Yeah, and one of the key moments, I'm sure we'll talk about it later on, but the penalty uh, that results in a touchdown in the second half there. Uh, newcomer, I think he was a fourth round pick. His name escapes me right now. Jay Ward, um, who had the penalty line up off sides on the Chase McLaughlin field goal attempt. He made the field goal, um, but unfortunately, Jay Ward lined up off sides it was a 5 yard penalty on fourth and 4 or fourth and 3 something like that they get the first down they end up scoring a touchdown and that is the difference and i mean it doesn't come down to one play uh in an nfl game or really any football game it never comes down to one play but that that it was a huge play and one of the biggest in in an absolute crucial time to take a penalty especially a penalty where you simply line up in the wrong position that that hurts to see um, especially at home. And the Vikings started the week out, I think, at 6.5 or even close to 7. Was it 7-point, Boone? 7, yep. They started out as 7-point favorites on the week. It ended up closing at around 4, uh, and then they lose by 3 at home. And looking at the schedule ahead, I mean, it doesn't get much easier um, in the next couple of weeks. I mean, this was the one game you kind of circled on the Vikings' schedule as the one you have to win. You have to go 1-0 to, to start the season. They don't do that. Now they had to... Philadelphia on a short week to play the Eagles Thursday night football and a game I think we all expect to lose and probably lose pretty handily based on the way we played the Eagles the last couple of years, especially uh, on the road uh, against one of the best teams in the NFL. We'll see how they respond. though. I mean, this is a situation where the Vikings, if we all go into this game and let's say the Vikings win, uh, Today against the Buccaneers, we go in pretty confident or maybe at least hopeful that there's a chance we steal this game. I think now you go into the game thinking, okay, we're going to lose by 25 or more. And that's the time usually that the Vikings would step up and play pretty good. I still think we're going to lose the game, but it might be closer than people think just because this is uh, an opportunity for the Vikings that... If there was expectations of them playing well, they'd probably play bad, but there's no expectations of playing them well. Nobody's going to pick them uh, on the Thursday night pregame show, and I'm sure the line's going to be heavily favored uh, in terms of the Eagles in that game on Thursday night. There's probably already a line out, but um, I expect the Vikings to play better on Thursday night. I don't expect them to win the game, but the schedule doesn't get much easier as we mentioned, we'll go through that in a little bit. Let's talk through some of the stats here, fellas. We'll bring Boone in in just a second. Justin Jefferson, big day for him. Nine receptions, 150 yards, along of 42. He was targeted 12 times. I mean, it was a solid day for JJ um, and Jordan Addison getting in the mix as well. Four catches for him. He was targeted six times, had the touchdown. Um, the only one other than Alex, Alexander Madison who scored on a receiving touchdown as well. But uh, a good start, I guess, for for Jordan Addison alongside JJ as well. TJ Hawkinson, eight catches, 35 yards on uh, just nine targets for TJ. But on the offensive side of things, Boone, were you impressed at all? Did you like anything you saw? I mean, the offensive line we talked about in the beginning, it was a little shaky, but the receivers looked solid. We couldn't really run the ball at all. Only 41 rushing yards as a team today. Um, the offense was definitely able to pass the running was slow we missed dalvin cook Boone your reaction from the week one loss yeah it's amazing that they didn't bring anybody in on the offensive line like
2: you have Ed Ingram literally punching the ball out of Kirk cousins hand and that take I mean I don't know if you blame Kirk for that fumble you talk about how he had oh he had two lost fumbles Ed Ingram punching one out is that his fault Probably not. If your offensive lineman's giving you a left uh, southpaw hook to the ball, I mean, that's not Kirk's fault at all. But yeah. it's it's ridiculous how bad this offensive line is. And mostly just the depth. I mean, it's you lose Bradbury and then who comes in? It's uh, Schlottman. Schlottman, yep. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. And I don't know. I, I thought Addison played about as good as you could. It, like, if you say if you said, hey, your first round pick's going to get a touchdown in the first game, sign me up all day for that. Did Ragger ever score a touchdown in the NFL? Damn near. He's horrible. Not
0: for us. I, Thank God I he's remember.
2: gone. Like, give me yeah. the receiving core I played, I thought played really well. Hawkinson had a very quiet game. What he had, f- how many catches? Uh, I think it was eight, eight catches. Yeah.
1: Nine targets. In- but for less than. Incredibly 40 yards. quiet,
2: it seemed like. Uh, But, no, I thought Kirk played really well, minus the fumbles. Winfield had that blitz on him, completely blindsided him, I thought. But uh, imagine drafting Gladney over Winfield and letting that kid leave the state and just be gone. Uh, No, they played well defensively overall, I think pretty well. Joseph made all his kicks. I think that's important. But moving forward... I don't know. It's rough without Delvin just having a playmaker in the backfield where you can dump off. Like
0: Madison, how many yards did you say he had? Mm, 35 or something like that, 34. Eleven carries 34 I think yards. they're going to
2: miss having Delvin just yeah. being able to make something out of nothing, even though he averaged two and a half, three yards a rush last yeah. year or whatever it was, like not great at all. Having somebody who can make something out of nothing will be – Definitely missed, I, I think so.
0: Yeah, and only 41 rushing yards, again, for the Vikings as a team. And that came 34 yards for Madison, 7 yards for Cousins, and that was it um, for, for positive offensive yards. Ty Chandler, 3 carries, 0 yards. And he had a long of 2. Um, so a couple of negative rushes for Ty Chandler in there as well, who was kind of a standout in camp. I mean, a lot of talk about Ty Chandler and, and the running backs and what they're going to do with that position Post Dalvin Cook, um, who's now out out with the Jets, the uh, the new Super Team maybe in the NFL. We'll talk about them later on. They're uh, are they playing tomorrow? I believe Monday Night Football um, for the Jets. It'll be fun to watch them play as well. Um, looking through some of the defensive stats, I mean, not really a ton here to talk about. Cam Bynum led the team in tackles. Ivan Pace right behind him with ten. Uh, excuse me, with eight. Cam Bynum had ten. Ten total tackles, five solos.
2: Pace on that Baker third and whatever run it was, where Pace was super laid back and then ended up choking him by the neck and throwing him down, go make that frickin' tackle. Like, just go drill him. You Not many times does the NFL allow you to absolutely drill a quarterback. Pace needs to go make that play. You know what I'm talking about? Like, well, yeah, was, I know the play you're talking about, and I think –
1: You know, that might be part of a bigger picture for the Vikings. Just there's this team. It surprised me today. Obviously, I was keeping up with the Vikings during the offseason, but there's a lot of new guys in different positions starting for the Vikings on both sides of the ball, whether that's Pace, whether that's Byron Murphy, whether that's Alexander Madison, um, uh, Jordan Addison, a lot of different people that are getting their first starts uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, we looked really rusty. Who knows if it was how uh, KOC prepared the guys or if it's because, you know, you have six or seven guys starting for the Vikings for the first time in their career. Um, It's no excuse. They should have won. But, you know, back to that pace play where he didn't sprint at Baker. Just imagine Anthony Barr going towards Baker Mayfield when he was younger or Eric Kendricks. I mean, those guys are not going to think twice and they're going to do everything they can, sacrifice their bodies where we're a younger team in some of the positions on defense and I hope that you know they start to shake some of this rust off because it was a rude awakening for us week one against the Bucks and going into Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts and crew is probably one of the toughest environments to play and having three turnovers at home costly penalties at home they got to clean it up whether it's the rust from the players um, in bigger positions or KOC uh, coaching up the guys just something needs to change big time for the
2: Vikings to even have, even have a chance in Philly. Well I think Beal had said, if you give up 20 points a game, this Viking team should be able to score 21 and win damn near every game. Like, 20 points compared to what we saw last year. Like, this defense, I already think, is better. Granted, younger guys, less experience sort of thing, where maybe you're like, hey, Kendricks Kendricks goes and makes that play. Or, you know, God. Harrison Smith, I don't think he did a whole ton today. but
0: I don't even remember seeing him out there today. No, yeah. He... I don't remember a single hairy hitman play. But if you
2: were to say 20 points, Vikes, I would say, hey, I think they go and win the game if you give them yeah. 20 points. Kirk, first half Kirk, MVP. Second half Kirk, where the hell did you go? Yeah,
0: and that's kind of been the case for Kirk a little bit. Not in, not as much the last couple of seasons. I mean, he's been more consistent his last two years in Minnesota than his first couple, but is this year five of Kirk in Minnesota? I think it is. It's four or five. If not, it's either four or five. I think it's five max, but um, I mean, I don't know. Kirk's not the reason we lost today. He's not the reason we won today, Um, but the defense did a job. I mean, they did enough. They held the buccaneers to like 6 of 14. I'll double check here as mm-hmm. I'm looking at the team stats, but it was like 6 of 14 on third down, 6 of 17 actually uh, on third down. They were 1 of 1 on fourth down, but when you look through some of the team stats, first downs, the vikings had 18 first downs. The bucks had 16. Passing first downs, the vikings had 15. The bucks had 9. Rushing first downs, bucks had 5, the vikings had just 2 rushing first downs, and one of those was a Kirk Cousins uh sneak on second and 1. Um, so that was one of the two rushing first downs we had. Um, but the Vikings, 6 of 14 on um, third down. The Bucks held to just 6 of 17. Neither team uh, really good in that category at all. Total offense, the Vikings, 369 yards. The Bucs, 242, 12 drives to 11 in favor of the Bucs. They had the one extra drive, but yards per play in favor of the Vikings once more. Almost double what the Bucs were averaging, 5.9 yards per per play for Minnesota, just 3.6 for the Bucs. Um, I mean, looking through some of these team stats, you'd think, oh, Minnesota won the football game. But you look at the box score, not the case. And, again, it looked like a situation where the Vikings trailing all game, or at least trailing in the second half. They, they got an early lead in the first half. Um, or not an early lead. They, they actually trailed 3-0. But then they got up 10-3. Uh, the Bucks scored right before halftime to tie it up. And then it was – typical Minnesota football from last year, playing from behind, playing hard, but playing from behind, and the defense just not able to bail the Vikings out like they did so many times last year in end-of-game situations where they'd break the entire game, but you need one stop in the fourth quarter, and and oftentimes they got that one stop that they needed, and Kirk did the rest. Um, but a record last season for come-from-behind wins, not the case here in week one.
2: How big was that turnover that – Kirk threw the interception right before half what? 20 seconds left, 15 seconds left. Yeah, I mean you like go that, up 13-10 at worst if you throw if you kick, kick an actual po- uh, yeah, a field goal, yeah. field goal. And that's the difference of the game right there where I don't know. I didn't see the replay too well. What was he throwing to KJ? It was to
0: KJ? And that, mm-hmm. I thought it was a catchable ball. I mean, if you ask KJ, behind him. it was a little behind him, but it, I think it hit his hands. Yeah, and then um, we Dean just we ripped it out of him. Yeah, we didn't or see a good replay on it. I'm sure there's something on Twitter we can watch um, later on, but I, it looked to me like it hit his hands. Um, at least he got, he had the opportunity to catch the ball. I think it hit his hands. My guess is at least it hit his hands. I don't even it think it was hands. that behind him. I think It, it wasn't. Was, no, no, it was like on his back hip. Yeah. I mean, it was very catchable. It wasn't like a dive behind. <clears> it was just reach behind, and I think it was on his back hip. And whoever picked it off got in front of it and just took it away from him. But, but it wasn't I, a bad ball. I think it was the right read from Kirk, it's just not the right placement. And KJ couldn't make a play on it, which we needed him to do in that situation. But a
2: play like that, where it's what 10 10 at that point, I think is what we wanted to halftime at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was then 10, 10 and a half. I don't know instead if it was going, 10,
0: 3 or 10 10 at that point. Oh, it
2: was definitely tied. Well, okay. uh, but you go in either up 3, up 7, like you're not going in tied at that point. That's the difference in the game. And I remember looking at you guys at halftime, I said, Oh God, I don't have a good feeling about this. Like this, this is not, this is not good momentum going because I think the bucks got the ball to start the half too. And it was just like, Oh God, this is Minnesota all over everything. This is not good here.
1: Yeah. Not only were those drive killers, but you mentioned it. They. were, We just weren't allowed to get any momentum going in the game. Obviously, in the first half, uh, couldn't get anything going with three turnovers. But it didn't build to anything in the second half. I think we had 22 offensive snaps in the second half, which is pretty crazy with no turnovers in the second half. But from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, it never felt like we were in a good rhythm offensively. There was a few plays and a drive that maybe we got into a rhythm. But it either you know finished out with a field goal in the second half, or if we did score a touchdown, it's not like we went back that that next possession and drove down the field. So we couldn't get into a rhythm on offense, which was huge for our defense having to go on the field so quickly. We had a handful of three and outs, and we couldn't run the ball a lot. So a lot of those um, plays that don't don't go uh, more than a first down are incomplete passes. So yeah. the clock is stopped, and our defense is on the field a lot. You know, against a subpar offense, sure. But still, your offense, the Vikings, uh, Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkins, and all those guys, you expect more for them. They should be leading this team. And the defense you know, outplayed our offense, I think, Um
2: Well, you said today. it too, during the game, you, or right when the game ended, you were like, God, the time of possession. The Vikes did not have the ball at all. Like, in the second half, you, the, I don't remember them watching them really at all. And granted, Baker made plays when he needed to. It's like fallback on the defense. Is it fallback on play calling of the Vikes not being aggressive? I don't, I don't know. But it just seemed like the Bucks always kind of had, at least in the second half, always were in kind of control of the game, in possession. What's the time of possession, Bill? Do you have that stat? I do.
0: Thirty-one twenty-nine in favor of the Bucs, So it was actually pretty close. I'm trying to find here the uh, breakdown between halves. I don't. Yeah, I would love here. to see the second half. Um, actually, it's even closer. It's thirty. 30- 30 minutes 39 seconds in favor of the Bucks and the Vikings were 29 minutes 21 seconds. So the Bucs had the ball for about a minute more, uh, but they don't have the breakdown. That's for the full game and halves, yeah. Uh, Vikings 63 offensive plays compared to 68 uh, for Tampa Bay. Um, but yeah, I'll see if I can find the uh, the breakdown.
2: Do you think Delvin was missed on offense just as an extra weapon, or do you think? That's kind of where the offense is moving, where it's like, hey, we can use Addison, we can use Hawkinson, JJ, obviously. I really don't think so. I don't think yeah. the Vikings
1: missed Cook at all. Um, in the offense today, like you said, he averaged just over two yards a carry last year. And that's not a knock on him. It's a knock on this offensive line, which we saw today, uh, rushing for total 41 total yards. I mean, that's the Vikings really have to fix this. Why we didn't in the offseason, I have no idea. Um, when we know the the lapses of talent we have, especially in our interior um, offensive line. But it's not a Delvin Cook thing. It's not even an Alexander Madison thing not playing well. It's just there was nowhere to run the ball, and we got away from the run, and we kept passing a lot. Kirk had over 22 completions in the first half, which is pretty crazy. And that's not the the team that the Vikings need to be, in my opinion. A team that is heavily, heavily a pass um, offense, you know, we need a new, we need a good balance because that's going to create a a cleaner pocket for Kirk if we can run the ball and we couldn't run the ball. Like I said today, and we didn't really have a lot of time, a lot of clean pockets for Kirk. Um, Where if you look at Baker, I can't tell you who's on their offensive line, but he had some clean pockets even when we were bringing some more people. So it's something that needs to
2: change and we got to figure out somehow to run the ball. Well, as amazing as tackles as they have, the, bikes, obviously, with uh, O'Neal and Darissa. Is Darissa hurt? What's, he came back and what's played. The,
0: he came back in. They are talking on Twitter. It's his ankle, uh, an ankle that they're worried about, but he did come back. But and he didn't play. accept I don't know the game. If, he came back. I don't know if he finished the game. I think he did, because they didn't mention it on the broadcast, he but did he did too. come back in. He didn't start the first drive of the second half, but he did come back in in the third quarter.
2: Their interior line is absolutely disgusting. When you have a guard in Cleveland who is a probably a natural tackle and uh, Spielman was so gung ho on having these people being, oh, they're tackles. They can move the guards. They can do this. They can be interior. No, they freaking can. Like, you need to draft these dogs. And then you have a six foot, what, Bradbury, six feet, six one. Like, on a good t- day. T- t- <laughs> yeah. Standing on heels. Uh, Tiny interior linemen. You need absolute maulers in the middle. Yep. And that's what the Vikes haven't had since freaking matt burke like yeah years ago and then you also had adrian peterson being able to blow off all these guys get get off me but yeah yeah, the interior line is a major issue
0: yeah well adrian wasn't running around a lot of blocks no just making guys yeah he was was just doing what he did a gap power he'd run it outside every time (laughs) uh but yeah i mean the the offensive line was a giant giant concern and i think when you look at the Rushing yards, again, we've mentioned it a bunch, 44 rushing yards for the team today. I mean, that is, you can't win a lot of football games in the NFL. You certainly can't do that when you turn the ball over three times. But the other thing is that Kirk Cousins, one of the best play-action passers in the NFL, if not the best. I mean, we we're talking two years ago, he was the best thrower of balls down uh, downfield, more than 20 yards. Better than Patrick Mahomes. He's one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL, the most accurate deep ball throwers in the NFL. And you can't set up a lot of those deep balls without the play-action and if you can't run the football, you can't set up the play action, and that's a giant, giant crush the Vikings are going to have to work around this season because they don't have Dalvin Cook. And I think if the front office and Quasey and all those guys working up there looking at the numbers, and, and they say they're numbers guys, they say they're stats guys. Well, the stats didn't help out in this situation because Dalvin Cook was a giant, giant factor in this offense last season, and we're missing him dearly.
2: What was Kirk's sacks and pressures today do you have that
0: he was sacked twice for 16 yards i don't have the pressures i'll find that uh but he was sacked just twice for 16 yards i mean we we've had plenty of times i mean i think he was the most pressured quarterback in the nfl last season he might have been the most hit as well i don't think he was the most sacked and that's just a a credit to him and how quick he gets the ball out when he needs to um but yeah just two sacks today just checking down instead yeah and how many did we have on the books uh, we had one sack for four yards.
2: Yeah. Daniil definitely got in there.
3: Quite I mean, a few that's got to like
2: with Brian
1: Flores as your DC. It's his first game. Sure, we could give him, you know, this is his free game that uh, it takes him to get adjusted. But he's the the new DC. Obviously, he brings a lot of pressure. He's known as that person who loves to bring pressure around the league. And we have one sack against Baker Mayfield.
0: Yeah. And it was <sighs> got Daniil Hunter who had the one sack, two TFLs for Daniel, the only two TFLs on the day um, for Daniel. I mean, he looked good. The The rest of the defense, nobody really popped out at all. I mean, we barely even saw Harrison Smith. Uh, you could have told me he was a healthy scratch today, and I wouldn't have noticed. Um, he did credit for, let's see, four tackles, three solos uh, for Harry Hitman. Caleb Evans, I, I always liked him. He, he, was- started, he started the first five games last season, had some concussion issues, didn't play. The, uh, like the last two-thirds of the season for us. But as a rookie last year, he was physical. He's a big big presence at corner, and I, I liked him today, too. I thought he was
2: awesome. I mean, yeah. minus the Mike Evans, what, it was like a post route or something. Mm-hmm. like is like the easiest. And the, that was the basically shot. on Metellus. Yeah, Metellus it was Metellus, yeah. It was well, like, oh, what do I do here? I think
0: if Evans was the corner, he let him go to Metellus, and Metellus did not have footwork. But it he, seemed to stop that play. It
2: seemed like Evans... Uh, Caleb Evans, was every Mike Evans catch was five, two to five yards, and Evans was right there and everything, wrapped them up, did everything he could. I thought Evans played great. Maybe, I don't know, PFF might say different, but I thought from my eyes, I thought he played pretty well.
1: And I'm interested to see what the PFF grade is going to be for Byron Murphy mm-hmm. as well. Because like Harrison Smith, I don't really remember seeing him on the field, which can be a good thing for a cornerback. Um, and obviously he was our biggest off-season acquisition, and he's getting paid some money. So based on not seeing him a lot and his mm-hmm. name not coming up, I think he did a good job, but I'll be yeah. interested to see uh, what PFF thinks. Same with
2: Scene. I'm just I just don't know if he played. I don't know I don't he know played. if Scene I don't was was think he played. on the field. I don't no. think he played at it all. It did not seem like he played at all. Which is also
1: sad um, that, you know, that's our first-round pick from last year, and you got Josh Metellus as a safety uh, wearing 44 out there. And you got to think to yourself, is he a linebacker or yeah. is he an actual safety? Cause on that Mike Evans touchdown, he sure looked like a linebacker, Let's, but it's a floor. So he gets healthy defense. hopefully. And then, you know, he gets better and better. Yeah.
2: I think I give a lot of credit to Spielman because he's hitting on these guys that are day three picks. Like I think Metellus was maybe a round six pick. Like, I mean, that's credit to him. And it's just like, and he just got extended. I think got to, Two or three year deal uh, earlier in the week. And I don't know. But it, especially for Quasi, if you're missing on first round picks, hitting on later picks, on drafted picks, it's a fine line there. But hit your freaking picks. Like your first round picks, you got to get.
0: And speaking of contracts, we should mention, I think this has been a very overlooked story, at least in the national media. I don't know if there's been a lot of coverage in the local media about it, but Justin Jefferson, I mean, you talk about star receivers in the NFL today. There's not a lot of star receivers that would do what he did today in his position, and that being looking for a contract extension. And I'm sure his agent and his team of people around him are saying, hey, don't play, don't play. Make sure they get paid. you get paid. Before you put your body on the line, you, you, you put the ability to get hurt on the line and change basically the the entire future of not only you but your family and the future generations of your family. We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars on the line for Justin Jefferson to play today. And when you talk about the rest of the receivers in the league and kind of the divas that there are out there, to have the number one receiver in the NFL on your team willing to play without the contract it's the extension I think is an awesome awesome thing that gets overlooked I mean JJ is the ultimate team guy he said in the media today um, or it was in the Star Tribune this morning rather before the game that he, he said I don't care he said my team's not worried about me getting paid I'm not worried about me getting paid I'm worried about winning games for the Minnesota Vikings oh, yeah. and to have a star receiver say that I mean he's hopefully going to be locked up here before the end of the season or, at worst, after the end of the season. They lock him up for a long, long time for a big contract, but they haven't yet, and the fact that he's playing, he didn't miss training camp, he didn't skip any practices, he didn't skip any workouts, that's unheard of in the NFL today, and that's a a massive credit to Justin Jefferson. I'm surprised
2: that he played without this contract because he's going to get... Generational money, yeah. obviously. I mean, what Bosa just signed, what was it? I want to say it was like 125 guaranteed, was it? <clears throat> where I feel like J.J. definitely, like, for example, Hawkinson going to training camp, maybe going through team stuff and then taking off the uh, individual stuff, where J.J. was just like, oh, will I'll play, like, Throw me out there. I don't care if I'm going against ones. I don't care if I'm going against... Because who who came in? The two teams. It was the Cardinals on the... Do you remember? Mm-mm. Where they had team scrimmages. It was the Cardinals Titans. and Titans. Titans. And JJ was out there playing. Didn't bitch about anything. Just kept playing. He is, I think, just the ultimate gamer. Where he just wants to be a part of it. And he looked a little funny frustrated at some points with kirk today but he also obviously when he was doing what well, what he put up nine for 150 or what do you have today i uh, think
0: that's right about, sorry i'm looking up contract details no it's fine
2: 150 yards
0: for who, who are you talking about Jefferson. jj nine yeah. for 150 nine for
2: 150 god he with nothing to lose at that point like yep i i'm surprised the deal wasn't done before today, I thought they it was good. said that's get what done. they were trying to do that was get the, the deal that done was before the, the first goal. game. When yeah. Hawkinson got done, I was like, okay, JJ's probably going to get done Friday or Saturday, and then didn't happen. I'd be surprised if they let this thing keep going
0: throughout yeah. the year. And you mentioned Bosa, which is a good point to make. Bosa signed uh, four days ago for his contract. Give him a dollar more. Five years, 170 million mm-hmm. highest paid defensive player in NFL history. And I think the goal for J.J. and for his team, his agent, and, and whatnot, is to be the highest non-paid quarterback ever mm-hmm. um, in NFL history. So I don't know if this this Nick Bosa contract potentially put their process back um, at all, but that was what they were talking about. If,
2: if anything, it probably helped them. What was the guaranteed money on that one? Because I've heard J.J. wants to go maybe a... Uh, $122 million guaranteed.
0: 122.
2: Yeah. So for J.J., I don't know if he wants to... Do uh, in terms of years, a uh, lighter deal, like three years, 100, I don't know, 20, 100 million probably, and then have 75 guaranteed where you can hit free agency earlier, where Bosa's locked up for five years, you said? Yep. Yeah, five, yep. So I don't know. But JJ, keep that beast in town. That's and I don't know if JJ's, JJ's talked about town. it, but he doesn't
1: know who's going to be throwing him the ball. If he signs an extension, we don't know if Kirk's going to be the quarterback next year. Obviously, this is his last year on the contract. Um, the team is getting younger. We may want a younger quarterback uh, to be in the same you know age group as some of our main guys going forward in the future. So I'd imagine that's coming up in these conversations. I haven't heard anything from JJ. I haven't been following it super closely. Um, so maybe he has you know showed concern about that in private rooms uh, with management. But if you're going to sign for three years you're gonna sign for five years and you don't know who your quarterback is you know I think that would be some concern at least you know uh, a big enough thought to bring it up and consider it but everything else that he's done he has been the ultimate teammate like you said um, you see him annoyed on the field but I wouldn't want my star receiver to not be annoyed because it shows how passionate and how committed he is um, there's different ways of doing that too with you know digs like we, we, we've seen in the past he's a little bit yep. more of a diva right now in Buffalo he's still having some issues Um, with whether he wants to be there or not. And that's come up in the media as well. So um, the deal worked out for both teams, for the Bills and the Vikings, but I'm so very
2: happy that the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager and we have Justin Jefferson on our team. Imagine being mad that Josh Allen is throwing you the ball. Yeah. Like, how big of a diva can you be? And I think with the J.J. trade, it was Cam Bynum, what it broke down to was Cam Bynum and J.J. for Diggs. Give me that trade every freaking day of the
0: week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you can take out buy them from that situation. And I'll still, you still take, it. take it every yeah. day of the week. <laughs> um, you, you take the receiver, obviously, on the rookie contract, especially when that receiver happens to be the best in the NFL. Um, let's talk a little schedule coming up. So we got the Chargers after the Eagles on Thursday night, got the mini buy um, after the Thursday night game. So I fully expect us to be 0 2 um, after the game on Thursday night in Philadelphia. Amazon Prime, I believe, is the streamer for that game. Uh, I think we're back to Amazon Prime for Thursday night games. Uh, and, And then the Vikings come back home. They play the Chargers the following Sunday, the 24th. Then it's at the Panthers. And then it gets tough against the Chiefs. Bears won't be too bad. But then 49ers, Packers, Falcons, Saints. I mean, that's not a murderer's row. But with the Chiefs and the 49ers in there, along with the Eagles next week, I mean, that's, to me, three automatic losses. And you're staring in the face of if you win the games, you should, which is the Chargers isn't going to be an easy game to win, but you're probably going to be favored by a couple of points at home, maybe one or two uh, against the Chargers. So let's say they win that game, they beat the Panthers, a a game they should be favored in, um, even though it's going to be on the road, Bank of America Stadium in North Carolina. But. Then you come back home, and so even if you win the two games you should win or you're going to be favored to win against the Chargers and the Panthers, you come back home and you play the Chiefs, and you're probably going to lose that game, a 325 game at home on uh, the second week of October. Then the Bears uh, at Chicago, we've had a ton of trouble there. Um, Can't expect to win that game, even though the Bears, they didn't look very good today against the Packers in the 325 slate and so if you lose that game all of a sudden you're 2 and 4 and then you come back home and you got the 49ers at home on Sunday night football, excuse me, Monday night football. And so boom, you're staring 2 and 5 in the face real soon or 2 and 4 in the face here real soon. And then after that it's the Packers at Lambeau. So 2 and 5 is a very realistic possibility for the Vikings at this point.
1: Yeah, and I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself because I know that I do it a lot and with Viking season, you know, I just want to go to the very end of it after one, just one game. Um, I think we're in a somewhat similar position, and I'm not comparing the two t- teams by any means, but to the Chiefs after that week one performance. It was not their best performance. They had bad turnovers. They pretty much gave the, the game away to the Lions, who still barely won it, just like the Bucks still barely won it, where I think the Chiefs are going to be hungry. Uh, the Vikings should be very hungry after that week one embarrassing loss on your home turf to the Baker Mayfield led Buccaneers. Um, In no means do I think we're going to win in Philadelphia, but I do expect the Vikes to put up a a better fight against some of the harder teams in the early part of our schedule, like the chiefs, um, since that game is at home and against the 49ers because they don't have a Patrick Mahomes or Jalen hurts on their team. Those are going to be really tough games for sure. Um, I just don't want to count us out on all those games which I think, you know, aren't going to be in our favor, like you said. Um, But I don't want to base off the first half of our season just off this one game against the Buccaneers. We'll see how we do week two against Philly. We should definitely rebound, um, and we can rebound while still losing um, that game in Philly. But we got to get better, um, fix those details that are mistakes internally with our team, with our players, and, you know, we should see a better result on that team next Thursday. Even if it results in a loss,
2: so it goes. It goes. Philly, Chargers, Carolina, KC. Yep. If you can walk out of that two and three, I think that's a success.
0: Definitely. That's that's yeah.
2: kind of what I. That was myself circling the box today as a win, where I was yep. like, "Hey, maybe, maybe we beat the Chargers." I thought the Carolina would be a letdown game. At this point, maybe not. But if you can walk out of there two and three, I I would think that's major success.
0: Let's play a little game of guess the line, uh, and they're probably already out now. But I don't even know the line for next week. Guess the line, Boone.
2: Mine it for
0: for uh, Philly.
2: Philly minus eight for Philly, eight and a half maybe.
1: Um. Yeah, they didn't have a great showing in week one. Philly, they got the win obviously against the Patriots. I'll say minus
2: nine and a half. Wow,
1: and
0: you I'm taking. I think
2: I'm taking that.
1: I
0: think are I'm you? taking Philly. I'm <laughs> gonna say six and a half. I think it's closer. Wow. Um, Alt line. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a little closer than you guys think. I think it's six and a half, maybe seven. But yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm probably gonna take the Eagles. What was All the right. score
2: last year? Do we remember? I know it wasn't close. Oh my it, god, was that when Irv Smith dropped it week yeah. two? Yeah, that touchdown. Yeah, they got he, smoked, did
0: Yeah, we got killed. Yeah. Got I got smoked. Was, I think we lost by two or three touchdowns, uh, but I'll look it up here.
1: Yeah. I mean, whether it's six, or six points or whether it's nine points, I think it's, I think a it's tough to take game. the Vikes. 24-7. Are. Okay, so 24/7. we lost by 17 last year. If we could hold them to 24, I think that would be a win in Philly. Um, we just got to find our way to put our offense on the field get some consistent drives and have a balanced attack with, uh, passing and running.
2: Yep. Why are we back to back years playing in Philly? I don't know. It's, just, it's like that
1: whole Seattle thing where we played Seattle like eight years in a row. Yeah. When played in always Seattle so every good. single year when they had the Seattle ever play on the road? Russell Wilson. No, <laughs> so they're, they're always at home. Us.
0: They're always at home. Yeah. Yeah, That was ridiculous when we played them <laughs> every year. Um, Part of that was due, I think, to the Vikings winning the division a couple of times. Seattle always won their division. So yep. you got the the top teams in the divisions facing off against each other. Um but yeah, short week. Vikings quick turnaround. We'll see what they uh we'll see what they look like in Philadelphia. We'll do a little pregame or rather pick show sometime this week. We're still kind of ironing out our schedule during the week. We're gonna see how many pick shows we can do. We're going to find a day. It's either going to be Tuesday night or Wednesday night that we're going to record pick segments for the week. It'll be a quick episode, probably 20 minutes or so, just previewing um, our five picks or our five games and and some of the other games we like, college and NFL, mostly NFL, but a little bit of college mixed in there as well. This is going to be our new recording time Sunday night after Vikings games. Um, We'll see what we do Thursday. We might record an episode after the Thursday night game or just a quick one 20 minutes or something. Um, We'll probably record it in the third quarter when the Eagles are blowing us out. (laughs) Um, But we're going to record every Sunday night after the slate of 325 games in the NFLs. We'll record right before the Sunday night football game, which is what we're doing right now. And the Sunday night game has got underway. So that's all I got, fellas. Any other things to get off your chest before we wrap it up and watch a little Sunday night football? BG and Boone, thanks for joining us, boys. Zach Briel. Very quiet over in the corner today. We'll hear some of him next week. You're going to hear him in just a minute on the outro. Um, But maybe he has something for us right here before we let it go.
3: One quick thing. Um, I think Matt LaFleur, this is my hot take of the week. I think Matt
2: LaFleur is the perfect example of um, people who are semi, even semi-famous. How how do I word this? People who are are semi-famous in the public eye look way more attractive than they would if they were not famous. And that's my hot take because if that guy was sitting next to you in biology, ladies out there, you you wouldn't look at him twice, but he's coaching for the Packers. And like I said, semi-famous. I don't give him too much credit and everyone's going goo-goo-gaga over him. That's all I got for you guys.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much, Zach Briel. Well, that'll do it for today. Briel's going to take us out with a recording from quite a while ago. We have some new music coming, hopefully in the coming weeks from Zach Briel to uh, update the outro playlist a little bit, but, uh, That's all I got for today. We'll see you guys sometime this week. We'll do a pick show before the Thursday night game, and we'll get all of our picks sent out there uh, before the slate of NFL games this weekend. Thanks for all for listening. See you guys on sometime this week, maybe Wednesday. And day after day, I'm
3: more confused, and I look for the light in the pouring rain. No, it's a game I hate to lose. And I'm feeling the strain. Oh, ain't it a shame? Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, that free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away Won't you take me away, yeah I'm beginning to think that I'm wasting time I don't understand the things I do The world outside looks so unkind I'm counting on you You To carry me through Oh, give me the beat boys and free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away Give me the beat boys or free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away but Won't you take me away Yeah but When my mind is free You know The guitars coming through to soothe me. Thanks for the joy that you've given me. I want you to know that I believe in your song. my soul i wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away drift away don't 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 don, give me the people free <laughs> my I soul know. i wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away' Don't you take me away